Good morning, it's July 20th. We're reading through the Bible in a year and we're in the Psalms. We've got some great Psalms here in 31, 32, and 33. 31 is a great Psalm regarding our courage and our strength, which by the way, should always be the characteristic of God's people, even in the midst of persecution, uh, even martyrdom. I mean, the worst of persecution, the uh, attacks, the frustrations we might encounter from a world that uh, gives us trouble, we should be characterized by boldness and courage. And this is a great Psalm about that in terms of God's greatness and his care for us, a refuge in a rock, and that we would be strong and courageous. Even that line in the middle of this, into your hands I commit my spirit. You might remember that from Jesus's words on the cross, the very last thing uh, he says there before he dies and um, reminds us of his quotation of this passage of scripture, actually. So um, I hope that's a, an encouraging song for you. And the next song, the next psalm is Psalm 32, which I trust you've been to many times as a Christian, as you felt the conviction of sin in your life and you've come to, to God in confession, which is this uh, great psalm that says how blessed is those whose transgressions are forgiven. And um, blessed, that's the great word, Asher, in Hebrew, of, of joy and happiness, the sense of being relieved that uh, God is not going to impute or hold or account or credit our sin against us. And of course, the key in this passage is acknowledging openly before God, the New Testament word, to speak the same as God, confession, to be able to agree with God that what we've done is wrong. And we are so good at adding stipulations and caveats to that, uh, explanations, rationalizations, but we need to come to God with a clear confession that he is right and that we have been wrong and how good it is to have that prayer go out while he may be found, as it says in that great song, and to say that we are completely forgiven. It's a good thing. And of course, we know from the New Testament perspective, we have Christ as the payment for our sin, and we know how God transacted our forgiveness uh, in the New Testament, not by the blood of bulls and goats, as it says in the book of Hebrews. Psalm 33, a great psalm of praise, shouting for joy over our great God. That's befitting, that praise is befitting and, and worship is befitting. It's appropriate to God's people for all that he's done for us. And he talks then, the psalmist, about the great power of God, the sovereignty of God, and plenty, I hope, in your life to be thankful uh, for the good things that God has done and the good things you uncover about God's greatness. Our New Testament reading, reading is in Acts 21, the second half. Very interesting opening segment, this paragraph here about Paul. Now, it seems almost like a shift in his response to some things he said earlier regarding those who are zealous for the traditions and customs of the law. We know in Corinthians, he says, to as uh, trying to be all things to all men, that he might by all means win some. He says, as to those under the law, as under the law, uh, yet, you know, I'm not under the law. I'm free from the law in the sense that I, I don't have the obligation of any of those ceremonial restrictions. Uh, and yet Paul, uh, we saw even with the circumcision of Timothy, is willing to take roadblocks, unnecessary hurdles out of the way. So anyway, this this vow that has to be paid for and uh, probably the Nazarite vow. And just it's an interesting concession that Paul makes in this passage and commentators often debate um, what to make of this and whether this was the right thing to do or not. Um, nevertheless, he ends up in prison. We know that that is what was predicted for him. He knew it was coming and uh, he's going to start his incarceration for five years. It's going to carry on. Uh, and we get to the end of this chapter, which is an interesting, uh, difficult in some ways 
chapter break because it comes right in as he's ramping up to give his defense. And then uh, tomorrow, Lord willing, we'll be in Acts 22 to continue our uh, analyzation, our reading of what Paul says in his own defense. All right, well, real quickly, our community imperative in Romans chapter 16, uh, I won't take time to read all that goes on after verse 5, but it gets very specific. He starts with a general statement, greet uh, also those who are in our house, uh, speaking of the uh, church that's meeting there uh, that he had just referenced earlier. And then he says, and then he starts getting very specific, greet this person and here's why, and greet this person because this is what they've done, and greet this person uh, because they went through this with me, and greet this person uh, because they're well-known, and greet this person, and all these very specific details. And I just put it this way. We learn a lot about Paul being very concerned about specificity and details, and people love that, right? When we take an interest in the details of their lives and we respond appropriately, in this case, commending them for those details. But I put it this way, be specific and detailed in your care for each other. Be specific and detailed in your care for each other. Now, of course, we ought to do that in our prayer lives, but we ought to do that just because we care about people. We care about God's people, and we want to know about the details and issues of their lives. I know we can't do that with everyone, but within your circles, especially that first concentric circle, I hope, in your small groups, the people that you consider your closest Christian friends, uh, take an interest in those details and uh, be sure you're praying for those details and that you're willing to care for each other with the specificity and the detail that uh, Paul is putting on display here. Be specific and detailed in your care for each other. We'll be back tomorrow as we continue our reading through the Bible.